0: Well, hello, hello again, and welcome to another installation of Between the Shadows. This is Kara. And this is Kristen. And we are back talking more and picking up where we left off last week. Yes. We left off pretty much with Josette and Jeremiah on the terrace and mm-hmm. getting caught by Natalie. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. She proceeds to tell Andre what she saw the next morning. Mm-hmm. She tells him that she truly believes that Josette was not in control of herself that night. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, she wasn't acting herself. This just not something she ever would imagine Josette doing. Right. And so she's um, convinced
1: that there's an evil spirit or an evil presence, sorry. Yeah.
0: As if she had been, like, placed in a trance.
1: Right. There's somebody trying to break up the marriage. It's somebody, so it's, it's not one of the Collinses because Andre was like, well, why would the Collinses want to break this up? They have every everything to gain. And she's like, I didn't say it was one of the Collinses. I said it was somebody
0: at Collinwood. <laughs> yeah. Somebody in this house. Yes. And Andre basically, pretty much, he marches off pretty much and declares he's going to make sure this doesn't happen again. Right. I'm going to go take care of this myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then that's basically it and then we flash to the to the house mm-hmm. where everybody's at and we see you know Naomi's pouring herself a glass mm-hmm. when Jeremiah walks in her drink of choice for the morning <laughs> he asks her isn't this a little early for that mm. <laughs> and She's like, I'm not allowed to do anything except get bored.
1: Right. Joshua told her, you're the mistress of the house is to lead a life of leisure. So basically, Naomi can't even leave the house. Yeah. Naomi is just, all she's allowed to do is sit around
0: and get bored and get
1: bored and get drunk but she gets all kinds of crap from everybody the men in the house and friggin abigail collins why are you drinking what's well, it's really early and she's and like I'm, what else am i supposed to do
0: yeah and they make comments like look at yourself and I'm right like, she looks great yeah she looks beautiful <laughs> i don't know what your problem is but and like speaking of naomi i always did love her spunk and her fearlessness and her choice of words like no matter who she was talking about or to is like, yeah, it's eleven thirty AM and I'm sipping wine. And Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Exactly. Or like when she was telling Joshua Pretty much to Abigail's face about how she felt about her yes I, lo- I loved it it's fearless and she's like she's like you're cruel and you're cool on purpose and you don't care who you hurt you you're know I mean you're a mean girl you're a mean girl <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love her fearlessness. absolutely I
1: agree so I agree so. so she at this point she can tell that something's wrong with Jeremiah because Jeremiah is not at work Jeremiah should right. be at the shipyard. He tells her, I'm, I'm just not feeling good. And she kind of gets that he doesn't mean physically, you know, something's going on in his mind.
0: And... Yeah. And she offers an ear if he wants to talk about it. And he's just saying, it's just something he's got to figure out on his own. Right. Right. And enter Andre
1: Dupre because he's mm-hmm. just stormed off from the terrace. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Found the guy I wanted to speak to. Yes. Just the man I wanted to see. <laughs> so, I mean, Naomi excuses herself, you know, mm-hmm. can we please have the room, you know, and, and he, Andre, he just doesn't waste any time. He's just like, he's out with it. He's like, okay, you and my daughter, what the heck? You know? Basically, yeah. Man to man. <laughs> Jeremiah tells the truth. He's like, I can't explain what happened. I can't explain why it happened. And he's like, if you don't tell me, I'm going to tell Barnabas. Right. So you better tell me. Right. <laughs> and Jeremiah, I swear, he he's such a good man. He's yeah. such an honorable man. He just, he was like, I can, I. he was like, I want you to promise me. That you'll never, this will never happen again, and you'll mm-hmm. never get involved in this again. And, and he was like, I'll do you one better. I'll never see her again. Like, you I'll know? never
0: be with Josette alone ever again.
1: Right. Ever
0: again. Right. And at this point, Natalie is still racking her brain, too, about the situation. Mm-hmm. And she's convinced, again, you know, that somebody's trying to drive the wedge, a wedge, between Barnabas and Josette by using Jeremiah. hmm But who? Right. Like who? And she
1: she immediately, immediately suspects Victoria. Because, like yeah. Even though her maid is, got a history in witchcraft. Her mother was a witch, you right. know.
0: But Vicky's the stranger. Yes,
1: Vicky's the stranger. And, and it, it just goes back to this thing where if you don't know anything about it, it scares you and it must be wrong. So I, I kind of think that was Natalie's reasoning with with Victoria, you know. Right. And Victoria has kind of already given herself away, you Mm -hmm. know, a few times and... Natalie has noticed and kind of, you know, how did you know that? How are you clairvoyant? You know, I mean, and
0: everybody's kind of caught on to her little comments here and there like everybody's what?
1: Yes, exactly. Like Barnabas is fascinated by it and Jeremiah is fascinated by it. But the Countess and Abigail are like, she's a witch. She's a witch. There's something wrong with her. She's possessed by the devil,
0: you know, so. So, yeah, Natalie's pretty much dead set on, she's like, I must find out before it's too late. Yes. Like, what the heck is going on here? Yes. She goes back in the house, and Naomi's in the drawing room, but the Count just says tarot cards on the table. Yes. And she's just kind <clears> of <throat> looking at them, and Natalie offers to read them for her, like yeah. lay them out and read them for Yeah. Her. The cards are laid out, and Natalie doesn't seem to like what she sees in the cards. You it's know? very unsettling to her. Yeah. And- And after Naomi's asking, she tells her that they read the lover card is inverted, Mm -hmm. which means it's a symbol of separation. Mm -hmm. preceded by the death card and followed by the chariot. Yes. The death card signals the end of a love between two people. And the chariot brings us the revelation of the betrayal. Yes. So it's like all so, laid out in the cards right there.
1: For for all of us who have watched Dark Shadows once or like us many, many, many mm-hmm. times over, we know that this is the clue that Jeremiah and Josette will betray Barnabas. Yeah. We, we, know, we know that that's what the cards are saying. Yeah. And they'll marry each other and the love between Barnabas and Josette will end. Yeah. Like I'm I'm no expert with these tarot cards, so I'm, I'm kind of glad, you know, she kind of laid it out for us. And I, I had a little bit of trouble following along because I don't know what every card means or whatever, but. Yeah. This is not my thing. I've never even seen a deck of tarot cards, but I trust the countess because the countess is all about these tarot cards. You know, she's even got the little fan with the tarot cards on mm-hmm. it. You
0: know, <laughs> so as uh, revealed in the next episode. But yeah. but at this point, Natalie's just kind of done reading them. You know, she shuffles them up yeah, and she's like I puts can't, them away. Yeah, <laughs> she opens up to Naomi about how she feels about there being someone slash a presence. In the house that's trying to mess up the natural order of things here. She then asks uh, Naomi about Vicky and the details she knows of her. Mm -hmm. Like, trying to get how Naomi feels about Vicky. Is she suspicious of anything? Mm -hmm. Natalie doesn't say that she suspects Vicky completely, but it's worth thinking about. Yes. She, She actually says that. She's like, I don't fully suspect her, but it's worth thinking about. Yes.
1: She's like, I didn't say that I suspected anyone. I just said it's worth thinking
0: about. Right. So, right. and
1: later that night, Naomi has a dream about the tarot cards mm-hmm. and about the revelation that she got. And, you know, she, she wakes up and follows the card and her dream in it. And she sees Jeremiah down at the very corner of the drawing room. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's like the
0: servants where, like where, maybe to the kitchen, I think. Right. Right. That, that's what I imagine that door is. The servants the go servant, through that door yeah. all the time. Yeah. Well, we, we've back. seen
1: Willie go through it, we've seen Angelique go through it, yeah. uh, Riggs and, and Ben Stokes, mm-hmm. you know, they've all gone through that door. All through so. the time periods, they all use that door. I, I think that it's, it's like, like the service
0: door. <laughs> yes,
1: I think that's a fair <laughs> assumption. And because the house has a servant's entrance, too, so maybe that's, you know... It just leads to we could, the quarters. Yes, I mean, we could, we could speculate all day about that, yeah. so... It's anyway. a big house. <laughs> so that's where Naomi saw him, was mm-hmm. in front of this supposed servant's quarters door, you know. Behind Barnabas' favorite chair. Yes, behind his favorite <laughs> chair. <laughs> <laughs> he she hears him uttering these words, you know, uh, what are we doing and 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 they're they're kissing and whatever. canoodling. Yes. Canoodling. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see the woman's face, just her arms and the little brand on her hand of the pitchfork. Yeah. And yeah. the woman has the mark of the devil on her and she is possessed by the devil. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So this was Naomi's dream and that's where the episode ends. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, basically. And then and it's, it's the next day now after her dream, and Nathan Forbes is um, at the house. I believe he's waiting on Jeremiah.
1: Yeah, they're, they're talking. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and he's meeting Josette and Millicent for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, getting his charm on and mm-hmm. blah. <laughs> he, leaves, uh, he leaves when Naomi arrives in the room, mm-hmm. and the girls sit down to have some tea. Yeah. Josette hands Naomi's tea to her. She pours it for her, hands it to her, and Naomi sees the pitchfork mark yes. on Josette's hand. And she just kind of freaks out. She's like, it's you. It's, it's you. you. It's
1: Yeah, exactly. And she's like, what?
0: It's
1: like, what are you ta- I've never seen it before. What is this? You know? Right. They, like, and, I must have bruised it.
0: Yeah. And both her and Millicent are looking at it. And she's like, I've never seen it before. And, you know, this jars Naomi. And she runs straight to uh, Jeremiah's yeah, room. Yeah, she's
1: like, I'm not feeling good. Excuse me. And yeah. it just
0: runs out of the room. <laughs> yeah. And that's when she proceeds, pretty much, she goes up to tell Jeremiah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Now, here's the thing I want to just touch on for a minute because this had me all up on a soapbox when I watched it (laughs) so she goes in there to chill to tell Jeremiah what she suspects what her dream was and Jeremiah has been a very kind man up until now he's been very very kind and very patient and very understanding very calm very calm and and just an an all-over nice person you know but then when the second Naomi utters the fact that she had a dream you know jeremy J- jeremiah was like oh naomi a dream really you know and <laughs> kind of like
0: andre natalie not this <laughs> again. yes yes
1: exactly and she's like why don't you go into town and buy yourself a bonnet she's like i'm not a child thank you uh-huh. and but basically naomi was on the right path mm-hmm. she she knew and she saw the brand on josette's hand so she was on the right path and she could have totally told what she knew and she did yeah but she was so dismissed by everyone. It's like, well, it's just a dream. It's just this. And she's like, but the brand on the hand and the tarot cards and all of these things together, something is happening here. I need you to hear me on this.
0: And And I I think about that. And I think, you know, the what ifs. It's like Barnabas, you know, he just adored his mother, Mm -hmm. adored her. I wonder why she felt she couldn't go to Barnabas. Just go straight to your son.
1: I wonder, because as his mother she didn't want to hurt her child and thought maybe if she went to jeremiah instead everything could just go away and barnabas wouldn't have to know they could fix it without him knowing right i get it but because she's the woman the mistress of the house and she's supposed to be living this life of leisure and she's kind of turned into a lush because all she's allowed to do is drink Nobody puts any stock in what Naomi says, but Naomi had it completely correct mm-hmm. the first time. And if she had just gotten someone to listen to her, yeah. I think the whole thing could have been prevented.
0: I really do. And honestly, it, it's this. maybe it's a motherly instinct. Maybe it's just a woman's instinct because Natalie had the same instinct. She mm-hmm. was just directing it towards the wrong person, right. which I think was still a little not unsmart of you because <laughs> she's so clever and she just wanted to look at vicky and not angelique after all the history incredibly foolish i i just but but at this point shoot to josette she's in her room she's frantically trying to wash the mark off her hand and angelique comes in mm-hmm. and she tells josette that she had the same mark on her hand when they arrived at collinwood but it was a crescent please <laughs> lies you <lying. laughs> Yes. But she said she used some of Josette's uh, rose water to get it off, and it, quote-unquote, worked.
1: Well, remember that she put the little potion in the rose water. That was just a guise for her to put the spell back on Josette. Right, right. Rub her hand in it, you know. Right.
0: (laughs) It's like, oh, Angelique, what would I do without you? It's like, don't
1: worry. I'll never let you find out. I'll never let you find out with those big old green eyes.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's... She, it was almost like a Grinch yes. smile, that sinister Grinch the smile. The termites and the smile, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I absolutely agree. <laughs> it's like, it just makes you want to wring her neck. Yes. Yes.
1: Now, I have to say, I remember when we watched this the first time with Dad when we were teenagers, uh-huh. <laughs> I told Dad, I was like, like i cannot stand her i said i hope she's not on for very long i cannot stand her he was like well you better lace them up because she's on for the rest of the show i'm like are you kidding me we have to deal with end. her till the very end, the very end. But, and
0: with it within all this while this is going on nathan and millicent have kind of started flirting yes more nathan of course because millicent's so innocent and shy and yes. you know
1: but here, when he was talking, when, when Nathan was talking to Jeremiah while they were going over ship plans because the Navy wanted a ship or something, whatever, they were talking business, and Jeremiah just happened to casually mention to Nathan that Millicent is loaded. Like, very, very loaded. Uh, yeah. And Nathan gets that look in his eyes and goes, really? Cha-ching. Yeah. And I. At this point, this is where I, I was pretty sure that this is what he was doing, you know. Yeah. Oh, she's rich. Oh, let me get some of that, you know. Yeah. And and Millicent is very young. She's very naive. She's very innocent. She's a little bit of a hypochondriac, but that's a, that's just Millicent. Yeah. But more than that, she's naive and she, she's never been married. She, I don't even think she's really had any kind of relationship. She was supposed to be marrying Jeremiah. That was Joshua's plans. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: Even though they were cousins. Keep the money with the family. Exactly. (laughs) Everybody wants a piece of the Collins. Yes. Everybody does. And, And Nathan was no different. No different.
1: And I think he definitely saw an opportunity there. Yeah. So yeah so with that said they they've been they started flirting and you know nathan more of course and millicent is just happy to have the attention because she doesn't know what to do with it you know and she's
0: like you are very forward sir yes (laughs) (laughs) you're very forward yes (laughs) and at at that point um jeremiah comes downstairs from his room after i think talking to naomi i think probably he and nathan are preparing to leave and he reaches his hand out to millicent to mail something off for her in town or drop it off or something he reaches for it and she also sees the pitchfork Mm -hmm. mark on his hand and he tries to play it off oh it's i scraped it i bruised it
1: how do you bruise yourself in the shape of a pitchfork that's a (laughs) tattoo yes (laughs) that weren't no accident let me tell you It just it, it just makes me laugh. Oh, I must have bruised it, I must have scraped it. I'm like in this in the shape of a port of pitchfork.
0: On accident?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like,
0: <sighs> but after that he ends up at Josette's room. She answers the door and acts like she was just expecting him. Yes. You know, because she's, she's totally like, under the influence. Yes, you know? I
1: promised. I promise I'd never see you again. She backs up again. That was very
0: foolish of you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And at this point he basically shakes the shit out of her. Yes. And it seems Seems to jar her, like, like and make her come back too yes, for, for a moment. For a moment. For a moment. But like, then I'm so, I'm so
1: confused, and and he was like, "Well, I look at this. I've got the pitchfork too." And she's like, "Oh well, crap! We got to get it off. We got
0: to get it off." You know? Yeah. And, but as quickly as it came, it went again, and they're holding hands as she's trying to wipe it off. As they're holding hands, it was like the
1: flip of a switch. He just stopped her, put his hand on hers, and all of a sudden they're well, in love again. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh man. they're in love again and then but but jeremiah shakes back out of it and he's like i i have to leave i have to leave this room i have to leave this house and i definitely got to leave this town i've got to get as far away from you as i possibly can he prepares to leave that night and that was pretty much the end of an episode also it's kind of pieced together because all the big dramatic things are you know very soap opera it happens at the very end of the episode you know yeah (laughs) so the next scene is the opening scene of the next episode and ben stokes is out sharpening his tools and kind of brewing about angelique just thinking
0: Thinking out, wow, yeah he's brooding God. and he's toiling about telling barnabas about her yes like he's, trying again yeah he's trying and that she's a witch and but while he's out in the woods you know sharpening his tools and stuff angelique begins to beckon for him mm-hmm. and he's like no i'm not going mm-hmm. I, I can't do it i'm not doing this ben uh-huh. <laughs> and then her big old face shows up yes in the woods <laughs> yes she's like ben you better but so he ends up going to her mm-hmm. to see what he, uh, she, to see what she wants
1: mm-hmm. and i'm um, jeremiah has you know I'm, I'm gonna leave this room i'm gonna leave this house i'm gonna leave this town and immediately informs barnabas He's like i'm out I, got, I, I gotta leave and barnabas is like but why i mean the wedding is so close why do you have to what is this is this a trip for for father you know and he's like no call it an impulse and he uses the excuse that you know winter is coming and i haven't traveled and i should travel before winter hits and mm-hmm. Whatever, and he's He's like, like, "But you're the best man." Yeah, are you gonna be back in time for the wedding? And he tries to refuse, and he's like, "I can't get married without you there. You're my choice," you know. And Jeremiah was like, "Well, I I wouldn't do anything to stand in the way of your happiness. So if my presence is required, then I will be there." I think is what he said. Yeah, which again makes this betrayal later on just so, uh, you know, gut wrenching.
0: I know. I mean, he's such a stand up guy, and it's not his freaking fall yes it just oh it just makes me sick every time i watch it, it really it does it's it, it really does so heartbreaking they're uncle and nephew but they're brothers yeah and it just it's heartbreaking
1: it's, it's hard to remember they are uncle and
0: nephew yeah i mean they're the same age mm-hmm. of course they're more like brothers
1: now in the revival series and the in 1991 when they told this story barnabas and jeremiah were brothers that's how they decided to portray it they were brothers so I forgot that little
0: detail actually.
1: <clears throat> yes. Okay. So that that actually it, it helped the story a little bit I thought, but I kind of did like you know the uncle and nephew, but more like brothers angle. But in the in the revival series they were they were brothers. So okay. And Jeremiah was much younger, kind kind of looked much younger than Barnabas. And, yeah. But I, I don't know. I kind of like the way that they they twisted that just a little bit, you know, just to make, but it still made the story work yeah, completely. It,
0: it, it, yeah, it didn't make a riff in any of the family line or anything, and
1: it, it it made the heartbreak for Joshua and Naomi just a little bit more when he died after the duel. It's like, I've lost a child, you yeah, know. Yeah. And, but I, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there. That was that was an interesting take
0: on the story. So Ben, he comes into the house from the woods after being beckoned by Angelique, mm-hmm. and he informs her of Jeremiah's plans to leave. Mm-hmm. And she immediately starts to mentally scurry and figure out a way to keep her plan in motion. Mm -hmm. Of course she does. She figures out a way. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, Ben has been preparing Jeremiah's horse, you know, and and Jeremiah was like, I need to, I need to leave. I need my horse. Can you please do this for me? So that's, you know, before he does that, he goes to inform Angelique because that's what he is, I want to say, programmed to do because he's under the he's under Angelique's spell. Yeah, that's
0: a way of putting
1: it. Angelique basically, like Ben tells her, there's no way that Barnabas is going to get Jeremiah to stay. He's already tried. Ben said that that's the only way that Barnabas will try harder to get Jeremiah to stay, is if Josette went to him and said, Jeremiah can't leave, Jeremiah can't leave.
0: Right. Well, and didn't Angelique kind of speak to Josette, kind of like she spoke to Ben in the woods, like, he's going to leave, Jeremiah's going to leave. Yes. Yeah, Hurry downstairs. The little voodoo doll that she made with the yeah.
1: cobwebs, she She's like, she's still under the spell. So she speaks to the voodoo doll and says, he's going to leave
0: you, Josette. You're going to lose him forever. Go to Barnabas. Go to Barnabas, you know. And so she does. She does. does. And she's relieved that Barnabas is actually still home. Like he hasn't left to go to work or something. Mm -hmm. And she begs him pretty much to convince Jeremiah not to leave. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was manipulative because she's still kind of under the spell or whatever. But she tells Barnabas, he's leaving because he hates me. Mm Mm-hmm. And he convinces her that it's not true. And she asks him, just, just hold me.
1: Just mm-hmm. hold me. Nothing seems right unless you're yeah. holding me. <laughs> I feel so alone unless you're holding
0: me. <laughs> and then at the, at this point, almost kind of like with Jeremiah, at the, at the touch, she comes out of it or goes into it. Mm-hmm. And with Barnabas, she comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And she just looks up at him while they're embracing. And she's like, you know what? Let him go. It doesn't matter. Just let him go hmm She's like, we don't need him. I love you, and that's all that matters. Yes,
1: see that, okay, see, that is the thing. Now, I've heard people say Barnabas <laughs> and Josette weren't really in love. It was just, it was obsession. It was an idea, blah, blah, blah. Now, here is what makes me think that Barnabas and Josette were absolutely 100% drunk in love. Yeah. Because Angelique was so powerful and so suggestive with her spells that eventually, yes, it did happen. You know, Josette ran off and married Jeremiah. But she was able, Josette was able to snap out of this spell because of her love for Barnabas. Yeah. And yeah. because she, Barnabas's love for her was so strong, it kind of broke through that. And Josette's love for him broke through that. Yeah. And so, yes, I absolutely believe that it was more than just an obsession. And Josette was beautiful and Barnabas was rich. And so it just seems like the right yeah. thing. And yeah. I, I, I absolutely believe that this was... One for the books. I love for the books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one for the ages, for sure. Yeah. So there's my soapbox for the night. I apologize. No, I don't. I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry.
0: <laughs> and at this point, it's kind of a little kind of funny moment for Ben. Um, just for a moment here because her plan is failing he yes gets, he gets to dig at angelique and, yes. t- and tease her for a minute he's like ha how you feeling now you know your yeah. plans really working isn't it mm. yes <laughs> you know well, you were so sure nothing could go wrong and nothing is going wrong
1: yes it is sweetheart yes it is
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but of course ben's luck joshua walks in and yes. scolds him What what's he doing to you what did he say to you this and that and yes sends him back off to work but
1: not before ben tells him i'd rather go to prison than stay here and work for you he's yeah. like yeah they'd probably flog it right out he's like it's better than being here with you and i'm mm-hmm. like yes ben go mm-hmm. you tell him right off
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> definitely and that, that's when after ben is sent off angela goes back to her room she's mm-hmm. making a clay looking doll like a clay yes doll and
1: she, she's she, figured out that if something happens to Joshua then Jeremiah won't leave because then Jeremiah
0: has to run everything exactly so basically she forms it into a cat and she basically turns Joshua into a cat and yes. kind of puts his soul into this doll or whatever yes and gives it to Ben there you are sweet
1: Ben your master's yeah. a cat and the cackle that Ben lets out he mm-hmm. is just so so happy over this like yeah. so satisfied and yeah and She was like, this is a present for you, Ben, because he was so terrible, is so terrible to you.
0: Right. I mean, at least you can say she at least did one nice thing for him after what she put him through. Yes. At least she did one nice thing. Absolutely. At the cost of Joshua, but whatever, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, okay. Joshua, the the way he treated everybody in the house, it didn't matter who it was. The servants, his own brother, his own son, his own wife. Yeah. He kind of had it coming. I'm just...
0: He liked his sister more than his wife.
1: And (laughs) Yes, exactly. He put more stock into what his his fanatic sister said than his sweet, trusting, kind wife, who her only flaw was sitting around and getting drunk all day, even though she had nothing else to do with her life, because that's what Joshua made of her. So, yes, I think think that Joshua had it coming. Yeah. So, hope you enjoyed being a cat guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And after a few episodes of all of this we uh, we get to see Vicky again finally mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. kind of been hiding away with Sarah i guess but we finally get to see her again on the scene and Vicky comes downstairs and the countess is down there and long story short she's basically talking to Vicky about Joshua's disappearance and honestly i think she's just trying to really feel her out since she's a suspect
1: yes and Nathan actually went and warned Vicky and said look the countess suspects you, and she she blows him off because Lieutenant Forbes has been nothing but a flirt and thinks that Vicky just wants to fall into his arms. Uh-huh. And well, Vicky is a woman of 1967. She don't buy
0: into that. I don't put up with that crap.
1: Yeah, she was like, I have feelings more than just I don't want to just fall into your arms. I have no desire to do that. And she's like, I can't turn uh, turn off and on my feelings for what's going on right now. Joshua, Mister Mister Collins is missing, and. You know, I'm upset about that, and I'm worried, and I can't just shut that off the way that you can. And he was like, look, you need a friend. The Countess thinks that you're a witch, and she thinks that you're the reason that Mr. Collins is gone. And she's like, you know what? If you got evidence against me, I give you full permission. Give it to her. He was like, I'm serious. Don't joke about that. Yeah. So yeah. all of that being said, here she is, and she's nervous around the Countess, and the Countess is want, does want to feel her out, does want to know about her, you know.
0: And, of course... They're talking about Joshua and the cat, and she's like, "Well, I don't know." Much.
1: They, Natalie wants to recreate the moment where yeah. the cat shows up. She's like, "I wasn't even here."
0: Yeah, and she was
1: like, and <laughs> she she makes fun of Joshua the way that Joshua talks, <laughs> and it's hilarious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and she's like, "That's Countess," you know. It's, it, it's hilarious. I love it so much. And, but of course, as they're talking about it, the cat does show up. Rolls in the room. right in. <laughs> that doesn't help Vicky's case now. whatsoever. So Barnabas at this point walks in mm-hmm. and they see the cat sitting there. He walks in with Forbes. After looking for Joshua. After after looking. For a while. I mean, they were out there for some time. And then um, after everybody else <laughs> exits the room, Barnabas confides in the countess that he no longer denies that witchcraft could be at work in the house. Mm-hmm. He's finally starting to believe it. Mm-hmm. She then realizes that the tarot cards have changed from the way she left them mm-hmm. when she left the room. Yes. And she tells Barnabas that he must marry Josette tomorrow night. Yes. Like, in 24 hours, you need to be married. Mm-hmm. And she's convinced that if they don't, they never will.
1: Yes, because Vicky changed the cards while she was out of the room. Right, because
0: Vicky, quote-unquote, knows what's supposed to happen. She, she
1: knows what's to come. At this point, I wonder if she, you know, she sees all these weird things going on, and she was like, well, Josette is supposed to marry Jeremiah, but really she's supposed to marry Barnabas. I wish there was some way I could tell her yeah. without actually coming out and telling her, you right. know, so she changes the cards around. And I just wonder, you know, if Vicki had come right out and said what she was thinking, if she had just come right out, they've already accused her of being a clairvoyant. Okay, well, you could be clairvoyant and not be a witch. Mm-hmm. Why didn't she just go with that? You know, here's what I suspect. I, mean, I think that, I think that Josette and, and Jeremiah are going to go off and get married. That's what I think. I, I'm trying to warn you. This is what I think. I think if she had just come straight out with it instead of hiding all of these things that she knew, it probably would have helped her case a little bit. But I understand. In that time period. In that time period. Anything
0: insinuating, even a little bit of witchcraft, you know they were hung. Yes. So.
1: But which which surprised me about Natalie and her tarot cards. And when Reverend Trash shows up, she, he even asked her, Countess, these your tarot cards. And she's like, yes. Yeah.
0: And? <laughs> and but for real she she gets to get away with everything right exactly because she's got money i guess she's got money she's got a title so that's
1: that is the whole thing about this time period if you got money and mostly it's the same today too in 2021 you know if you got money there's a good chance that you can get out of pretty much anything you want but vicky is a servant
0: you can buy your way through the loophole here yes
1: Vicky's unknown, she's a servant, she is a probable suspect, and what have they got to lose if they're wrong?
0: You know the poor girls just sometimes can't keep her mouth shut to help her own. Yes, place. yes. But
1: Because she loves the Collinses so much, and even later she says, I have poured and poured and poured over the Collins family history. She's like, after this, if I ever get back to my own time, I will never want to know anybody's secrets ever again. Yeah this yeah. is just it's it was i think it was heartbreaking for her too just to watch it all unfold mm-hmm. in front of her eyes you know mm-hmm. it would be for me for sure so natalie and andre come to josette's room the next day and angelique is there you know helping her primp and stuff and natalie's like just hang out we've, we've got to talk to josette and there's gonna be plenty of work for you to do
0: exactly yeah. and yeah
1: she tells josette that you know her and Barnabas they've got to be married tonight this yeah. night yeah and andre's on board you know and again nobody questions natalie yeah please just trust me and i haven't even talked to barnabas what would barnabas say and natalie was like i have already spoken to him if you if you demand he says yes
0: i got it yes like natalie took <laughs> she thought of everything and of course this is when we get a panicked wide-eyed look from angelique yeah. oh my god the plan is yes. not working yes. again and
1: so i mean josette and barnabas they finally have a chance to talk about this and talk about themselves mm-hmm. and and barnabas was like i don't care when we get married i just want
0: to marry you if it's tonight great if it's two weeks from now great yeah so they, they end up preparing to be ready by 9 o'clock that night. Yes. Which is a late wedding. It's a late wedding. But I guess if it's at the house, it doesn't really matter.
1: Here's my question.
0: <laughs> Here's <laughs> my question. They're planning, and I
1: get it, you know, they want this big wedding. They're both loaded beyond reason. And having a big wedding is whatever. And But why didn't they just go to the Justice of the Peace like Jeremiah and Josette did? Yeah, you know? I know. You if just you wanted to be elope? married that bad.
0: Yeah. But now, of course, Angelique is working on a new spell for Josette. Yes. To get her back under the influence here. <laughs> and she crafts a flower out of... Jeremiah's handkerchief. T- 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 oh, the handkerchief. Thank Jeremiah's you. Jeremiah's handkerchief. I was like, tissue. Uh, the <laughs> handkerchief. <laughs> that and she sent Ben to get by the way. And Ben's
1: like, seriously, you're going to get me caught. Right. You know,
0: but... And she puts some of that rose water on it, and it's for Josette to wear on her wedding dress.
1: Yes, it's an amulet to
0: bring her good luck I guess her something blue, whatever. But obviously, Josette doesn't want to wear the flower because it totally clashes. It's ugly. And like you were saying last episode, this is kind of where we see Josette's kind of brattiness come through yeah, sure she's like aunt oh, natalie will you just talk to her please, I, I mean don't this want is to i just can't wait we- i can't wear something like that on my dress it just wouldn't fit please natalie please you know like
1: oh my god and I mean, the minister's already there she's like there's no time just wear the damn thing just yeah. wear it
0: we <laughs> ain't got time just do it for her look yes. at her she's crying just do it <laughs> yeah boohoo it please like, yeah so she puts it on her and basically please just shut her up Just please just yeah. wear the thing you yeah. know so she surrenders and angelique's plan is back in motion yes and the countess andre and the reverend angelique and barnabas they're all downstairs waiting for josette to come down and it's about 20 minutes after she was supposed to be downstairs and eventually andre's just like it's taking too long we got to go get her so he goes up there and knocks on her door and there's no answer so he just comes on in. Mm-hmm. Are you in here? Yeah. No, she's not. <laughs> no. She's not there. So Andre's coming down the stairs shouting for Josette. Josette, ab- where are you? And everybody's hearing him, so they know what's going on now. And they immediately immediately start searching for her. Here we see Angelique giving herself a toast to a job well done. Yeah. She had already poured the champagne before the ceremony for Natalie and whoever wanted it. And she... Just ever so. Gives
1: herself a little nipper. Yeah. Pats herself on the back, you know. Good (laughs) job. Here's a drink for your travel. (laughs) I love it. That's great.
0: Ben, he ends up coming in from outside from the stables, and he informs Andre that Josette and Jeremiah's horses are both gone. Mm -hmm. And that's when it starts to really fill the room that, they probably ran off together.
1: Yes, and Barnabas won't believe it. Like Andre Andre has already suspected because Andre had this chat with Jeremiah. Yeah. yeah. And he's gone up to Jeremiah's room. Jeremiah is gone and so is his suitcase.
0: Yeah. And Josette's he tells suitcase that. is also gone. Yeah,
1: and so he's putting two and two together. But Barnabas was like, "I wish you would stop insinuating that that Josette's disappearance has anything to do with Jeremiah's being gone." You know, he often goes into Collinwood at night to work and this and that. And Andre is like, "Okay, but
0: you know." Right. And after Andre leaves this scene, it's one of those other parts that I love for Ben. Mm-hmm. Barnabas basically looks at Angelica and Ben. He's like, "Look." I don't want you guys to speak a word of what you've seen or what you've heard tonight. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to get everybody all riled up Mm -hmm. when there's probably a simple explanation for this. And Ben, he... You see Angelique looking and smirking in Barnabas's direction, like, behind him. Mm -hmm. Like, just her sinister smirk Mm -hmm. and Ben sees her looking at Barnabas that way Mm -hmm. and he looks at Barnabas and he's like Mr. Barnabas I'm sorry about what happened Mm -hmm. like just stabbing Angelique just yes giving it to her yes and
1: he 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 digs at her as as best he can without actually coming out and
0: yeah after everything after everything she's doing to him and Everyone else right now, and and the, the part where Barnabas is like, there's no point in worrying everyone else about it when there's probably a simple explanation for all mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And again, the look on Ben's face—he's just heartbroken. For him looking at Barnabas, he's mm-hmm. just heartbroken. You can see it. He wants to say something so bad, mm-hmm. like he's looking at Barnabas with a broken heart. And then he looks back at Angelique. You could freaking tell him right now. Yeah, exactly. You could just come clean and be like, "Yeah, it's me.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: are you gonna do about it? Even if she is a witch, what are you gonna do about it?
1: Right? Exactly. How kind are you of, gonna stop her?
0: Kind of at this point, so it's like he's like. Well, even
1: Angelique said herself, "This plan's in motion, and and not even I can stop it." You yeah, know,
0: yeah. I, it broke my heart, but the love for Barnabas from Ben—it's it's one of the purest in the show, I think. I
1: think it goes past loyalty. I think Ben was very fond of Barnabas. Yeah. Because Barnabas was so kind to him, and Barnabas didn't treat him yeah. like he like was a lower. Yeah, he was lower because he was a convict and he was a servant, and all he was was working out his time. You know, like
0: Barnabas. I mean, granted, yes, he was a vamp when he met Willie. But he treated Ben much more better than he ever treated Willie. Even after the fact, like with Willie. Yeah, he treated him better, but he was still like, Willie. Yeah, (laughs) Willie. And he made Willie
1: do some stuff that he never made Ben do, even after he became a vampire. Yeah. I mean, the things that he made Willie do. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, Willie should have had the same... Respect in the end game that Ben did for Barnabas. Absolutely, and
1: in my book, he do. Yeah, (laughs) he definitely does. So, so.
0: I mean, that's just one of the purest loves in this show. I think is Ben's love for Barnabas. Just. Because he's the only one who ever showed him any consideration or kindness and never treated him lower. Mm Mm-hmm. He's just...
1: Actually taught him how to write so he could better himself. Yeah. I
0: just... We're going to get to that. (laughs) (laughs) I won't say it now, but we're going to get to it. But anyways, (laughs) I'll save it for later. Definitely.
1: So later on, Ben goes to Angelique's room after Barnabas says, y'all can go to your rooms. Don't retire because I might need you later. So he goes to Angelique's room and just walks in. Doesn't knock.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're supposed to knock when you enter a room. Don't you have any manners, Ben? He goes, None milady. Milady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he bows mockingly at her. Yes. I love it. <laughs> milady. Yes. <laughs> Oh, gosh. And who was the ghost dude that appeared to Barnabas in the woods? I don't I know. I know where he came from,
1: obviously. I, but I don't know, to be perfectly honest, but it gave me the creeps. I mean, it if there's the anything creeps.
0: out there in the literature, Dark Shadows literature, if, about who that guy actually was, let us know. Yes, please. Because I'm curious. <laughs> that was that was
1: almost, it almost, and I'm getting chills just talking about it, mm-hmm. but it almost seemed like a demonic voice. Yeah. Like, oh my... I, I don't know how else to explain it. You know, he was supposed to be Jeremiah, but it wasn't. It was a, it was an apparition that that oh, Angelique sent
0: to him. It was just like a soul that she used to give her, give him the message.
1: Yes, but it was so sinister and so evil sounding god i still i can't get over it i'm still like 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 chilling over it you know but but i don't know to answer your question i don't know but it scared the
0: p-o
1: out of me i'm just saying
0: (laughs) i mean eventually that he his apparition goes away when barnabas tries to shoot through him you know and Mm -hmm. andre's like why'd you shoot your gun dude he's like (laughs) i saw something or whatever and that's when barnabas starts to hear a woman's voice and it's angelique's of course yeah but like go towards the road and you'll find what you're looking for or whatever mm-hmm. go towards the road to collinsport mm-hmm. so they do and they end up finding josette's veil on a tree branch mm-hmm. and
1: Blood, uh, muddy, mud stained, and torn,
0: and yeah, like obviously they were riding through the woods, and
1: mm-hmm. choo, runaway
0: bride, <laughs> runaway yeah, bride, <laughs> yeah, literally, and he's still trying to hang on to any other reason she would be gone other than the truth. He's mm-hmm. still trying to hang on, he, mm-hmm. and Angelique gets a moment alone with Barnabas after this happens, and oh, he that's... tells her in spite of everything, he still loves Josette, and he always will. Mm-hmm and once again her plan has ultimately failed.
1: Mhm. So. Yep. So after this we you know Barnabas comes back and he's dismayed and he's you know th- with the with the comments and I'll still love her. It don't matter what happens. Whatever will happen, you know, like you said, her plan has ultimately failed mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. He still loves jo- Josette.
0: He never stopped. You can't... Well, and it's funny because Angelique, she mentioned it. Ben mentioned it to Angelique. He's like, why don't you just put a spell on Barnabas? She's like, he has to come to me willingly. She's like, I can't do that. And la-di-da. And it's like... In, in spite of everything, in,
1: in spite of Angelique's spite and wanting blood and wanting, you know, wanting her revenge... At the end of the day, she wanted Barnabas to love her because he actually loved her, not because she put him under a spell. Right. And I think that's why she chose Josette and Jeremiah to attack because she didn't want, she did attack Barnabas at first and it scared her and panicked her. He was going to die. Right. And so when she changed her tactic, she made the decision, no, he's not going to come to me because I put a spell on him. He's going to come to me because he loves
0: me of yeah. his own
1: volition. Yeah. So. And it's
0: like, what makes you think? She tells Ben one thing, like, yeah, I can't put a spell on Barnabas. He's got to come to me willingly. Mm-hmm. But you don't think about it the other way around. You cannot make somebody stop loving somebody for you, right? You can't. I mean, you can't put a spell on that. You can, but it was like you were saying. It's like Josette kept snapping out of it, mm-hmm. and I truly believe, like you said, that it's because she did truly love Barnabas, mm-hmm. and that's what kept making her snap out of it. Yes. So
1: I I think if if Josette simply
0: liked loved the idea of Barnabas, yeah
1: and not loved Barnabas himself, that spell would have worked no problem. Angelique yeah. wouldn't have had to have kept casting her spell. She had to cast it several times right. to keep her going.
0: Which, as with a spoiled as Josette acts, and, you know, she's a little rich girl and, you know, whatever, <laughs> she still gets the credit because, like I said, I mean, she, she, I think she truly loved Barnabas. Yes. And she had that going for her. Yes. Honestly. Like, she was true about that. Absolutely. Even if she was a spoiled brat and a little whiny. Absolutely. She loved truly she she and truly did, and it sucked for her. It sucked for Jeremiah. It sucked for Barnabas,
1: yes. And so going
0: on from this,
1: we go to the Collinsport inn where Jeremiah and Joseph yeah. are married.
0: They've been gone a couple of episodes, and we finally get it, a- yes. To see where they went. They are married, and then. they stayed in town. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you like go to Bangor? Well, okay.
1: Or... <laughs> Again, here's another reference from the the revival series when when Jeremiah and Joseph married, they were on their way to Boston, stopped off on the road for the middle of the night. It was either Boston or Bangor. I can't remember. I'm sorry.
0: I wasn't sure Bangor actually existed back then yet. Uh, it was
1: probably Boston. Okay. That's probably what it was. Yeah and um, because Vicky instead of saying I grew up in New York, I grew up in Boston when she came back to 1795. Right, so right. so yeah, but in the revival series Jeremiah and Josette are on their way to, I, I'm pretty sure it's Boston, and they stop off for the night. And Ben Loomis tells Barnabas, hey, this is what they said. I fixed up their horses. They said they were on the back road to whatever, and Barnabas goes after them. Hold on.
0: Ben Loomis?
1: Yes, in the revival series. It oh, was, in the revival yes. series.
0: Sorry. I was yes. like, hold on.
1: they, they twist it. In the revival series, they twisted it just a hair, yeah. You know,
0: changed a few things. It totally Be- worked for the storyline. Totally, because... Like, like I was saying with the party that Barnabas threw, it's like, did Willie come as Ben? <laughs> right. right. That kind of made that legit. Right. exactly. So, and when they
1: did throw that costume party in the 1991 series, he did come as
0: Ben Loomis, so. Mm-hmm. And even with Professor Stokes coming into the Revival series too, right?
1: Um, he was there at the very, no, no.
0: Professor I, Stokes was never in it. I think I'm thinking House of Dark Shadows. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking House, but anyways. Because um, the
1: professor in 1991 was Dr. Woodard. That's so. right, that's
0: right. See, all these Dark Shadows storylines, I can't keep them straight, guys. I know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Now, the
1: Revival series, I will say I'm not as versed in it as I am this one. Yeah. I've seen it several times, mm-hmm. but to go back and really pick it apart the way that I can do this, I will have, have had to
0: have seen it many times over. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> so. again, like, with the family line, if they would have made Ben a Loomis, it still would have worked for, like, Completely. Professor Stokes. It still would have worked because he had Hallie. Yes. He's still going to have descendants back then, too. And
1: and Carrie. And Carrie
0: Stokes, yes. who was in 1840. Yeah. You know? So.
1: Uh, Carrie Stokes, I know we are way ahead of ourselves, but Carrie Stokes is Ben Stokes' granddaughter. So. Yeah. I right mean, she that. was a direct descendant right. of Ben Stokes. And I, I like that Ben got his happy ending. You know, he was well loved by the collinses in the in the years and generations to come yeah the stokes
0: were more and more appreciated and valued absolutely treated better absolutely so
1: sorry bunny trail but here we are so (laughs) in the in the 1991 revival series while josette and jeremiah have already married barnabas has gone off after them Mm -hmm. but in this original series they decide, jo, Jer, uh, Josette decides she needs to come back. Mm-hmm. She's got to come back and face whatever she's got to face because she's had a dream and her father's like, why didn't you just come to me? And, and you know, the the betrayal on Barnabas and she wakes up. She's like, Jeremiah, we got to get out of here. We got to go right now. Yeah. And he was like, but why? You know, I, and so eventually they, they find themselves back at Collingwood. Mm-hmm. And jeremiah wants to know and joshua is back from being a cat he changed his back changed him back and abigail found him or she he changed back to a human while abigail was in victoria winter's room
0: oh god because yeah yeah.
1: because the countess has convinced naomi that she needs to question this girl because she's pretty sure she's a witch while that's happening (laughs) abigail decides she's gonna plant herself in vicky's room and while that happens the cat is sitting on the bed, and of it turns course. back into
0: Joshua. It's like, why is it always attracted to you?
1: Right. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't mind. I like cats. Well, I bet you do. It's this. It's the devil's animal, you know. Okay, a cat's God's animal, Abigail. But okay. God. <laughs> the devil didn't create cats. God did. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so long. I'm sorry. Back to the point here. So, so Jeremiah and Josette have come back to Collinwood, and Jeremiah wants to know where everyone is. Jeremiah comes in first, and, yeah. and Riggs is there messing, you know, doing something in the fireplace or dusting, and, and he was like, could you please go and get Joshua for me and Barnabas?" and I guess the women have rode down to the new house, so he just wants to talk to the men, so Andre comes, and Joshua comes, and... Josette is already there because she won't wait in the carriage like Jeremiah told her to. <laughs> and Jeremiah has become very cold towards Josette. He was like, "You're the one that wanted to come back here, and we got to face what we got to face." It's almost like the spell's kind of been broken.
0: She's like, "We never really loved each other, did we? Why did we do this? Why did we I do think this? they even had that revelation in the hotel room?" Yes,
1: they did. I'm like, sure. Why did we do this? This is wrong. Right. And but now they're married, and Joshua or Jeremiah tells her, "We've got to remember to." be kind to one another because this is not going to go over well (laughs) so they they tell the men you know uh joshua and andre well we're married and we we have no explanation for it but we're married and then barnabas comes in and joshua just blurts it out they're married barnabas you didn't even give them a chance to tell them and he is just he's flabbergasted he's Devastated, he's in shock, and he was like, "I won't believe it unless you tell me." And looks looks yeah. at Josette, "I won't believe it unless you tell me." Yeah, and she, I, I'm married. I, I was so wrong about you, and I, that part right there was like, oh, "My God!" You know, mm-hmm. she, he right. all the love that he felt for her. I was I was so wrong about you, you know. And and in,
0: going back to what he said, I'll, I'll no. In spite of everything, even before he knew this, in spite of everything, he still loves the hell out of her. And God, that hurts. Mm-hmm. That hurts. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: It is It is so gut-wrenching and so heartbreaking. And just to think of what Barnabas was thinking right in that moment, and all he could squeeze out was, I was so wrong about you. Mm-hmm. Y- you weren't the person I thought you were, you mm-hmm. know? And then he, the anger builds up in him, and, and he yeah. goes, and you. Yeah. It looks at Jeremiah and yeah. you. And he was like, what What were you thinking? He was like, I, I don't know. He was like, I thought I loved her. Mm-hmm. And he was like, are you saying you don't love her? And no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. He was like, I just, I couldn't fight my feelings. And walks right up to me, and says, then you'll fight me and smacks him across the face with the glove. You'll yeah. fight me yeah. in, a, in a duel. And everybody's like, oh God, not a duel, not a duel. Somebody's going to die, you know.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But they do. Nothing in this world convinces them not to have a duel. Yeah. And... Barnabas just this love that he felt for Jeremiah just turned into cold-blooded hatred. yeah. and it was
0: almost like vampire Barnabas. Almost. Like, almost. It was a, it was the first side of that that we got to see of him as a human being. yeah, being just totally betrayed and angry and vengeful.
1: Yeah. And Jeremiah doesn't do a thing to stop this duel because he knows he's like, I deserve this Mm -hmm. and I deserve to be the one that dies, you
0: know? And again, ultimately Angelique's plan has failed because Jeremiah's out of the picture. Yes. After the duel.
1: Yes. And she, she goes to Barnabas and begs him not to do it. And he was like, I'm doing it. I don't care what you say. And, and so yeah, she gives him... pretty
0: much means nothing right
1: now. Literally nothing. And, you know, she gives him this, this medal to where it'll protect you, it'll keep you from harm. And I don't know if that's what kept him from harm, but Barnabas, at least in the 1991 revival series, he was an excellent shot. And Jeremiah didn't have a chance. Yeah. And this was one of the stories that got twisted in the revival series when when they had the duel Barnabas was just going to let Jeremiah shoot him he he wasn't even going to fire he told he told Ben Loomis he was like don't even put the bullet in the gun just i'm I'm going to you know yeah. but you're going to die he was like i yeah. don't care yeah. and but Angelique works a spell during the duel where Barnabas fires his pistol and there's no there's no bullet in it so but because Angelique worked a spell the bullet killed
0: Jeremiah mm-hmm. and Jeremiah didn't even have a chance to shoot yeah. so And honestly, I truly choose to believe in the original, the series. I think Jeremiah hesitated. I think think Barnabas shot first. Star Wars fans, Barnabas shot first. (laughs) Yes,
1: he did. Uh, Yeah, I don't even think. I mean, you hear two gunshots, but it's obvious who got the brunt of it, who yeah. who lost the duel, you yeah. know, and it was most definitely Jeremiah. Yeah. Now, it takes Jeremiah a while to die afterwards.
0: Yeah, he's just kind of sitting there in a coma for a while.
1: And this is the moment that our... Most beloved Reverend Trash shows up. Oh lord! <laughs> because Abigail has called him, or I not called him because it's 1795. She wrote him
0: a letter. <laughs> it takes in, a minute, but snail mail. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, snail mail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Write some, but somehow you know I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's it's more efficient than it is today. But whatever. Um, but because he shows up pretty quick style, he Reverend yeah. Trash shows up and immediately wants to speak to Abigail Collins and Abigail tells him all about Victoria and how much of a witch she is and all of the evidence leading up to the fact that she's a witch yeah and she came here in weird clothes she almost had no clothes on at all okay victoria was covered from the waist (laughs) up the only thing that she was revealing that probably you know that would have shocked everyone is her her ankles her knees yes (laughs) but everything from like the waist up you couldn't see nothing you know while the meanwhile while joe's that's wearing these very low-cut thing with little jacket now that that is immodest for me you know it's just it's amazing but anyway um, so she, he goes to question, not really question. They go up to Vicky's room, and he doesn't question her. He doesn't ask her questions to find out if she's a witch. He's she is already a witch in Reverend Trask's mind. Yeah. And and Nathan, well, before they go up there, has already asked him. He's like, "Well, what church are you a reverend with?" Well, I have my own congregation in Salem. Mm-hmm. He's like, "That's not really what I asked you." Mm-hmm. And so basically, he is a self styled minister. He's a charlatan. He is a fanatic. Yeah. This, it doesn't, it doesn't go well with Victoria. She's a woman of the of 1960s. Yeah. And she is in 1795 and she's not putting up with a single ounce of Reverend
0: Trask bullcrap. Those girls these days talk back. Yes. Oh, yes. And she did. <laughs> I even
1: slapped him across the face mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was like, when, when, when did you come in contact with the devil? And, and how long have you been like this? And why don't you get on your knees and repent? And she's like, a what? Yeah. <laughs> and so basically he all of that after the the struggle he takes her he ties her up after smacking her across the face which again was a very firm slap you know Mm -hmm. which is one one a a believable slap in this show (laughs) like you actually see her go down you're like oh you know Mm -hmm. and (laughs) Mm -hmm. so he ties her up ties her hands behind her back gags her up and takes her outside to a tree and this spooks the countess she's like okay and all of a sudden, she starts feeling sorry for Vicky. Yeah. She's like, maybe she's not a witch. She she just so strenuously denied the fact that she was a witch. Now I'm starting to have doubts. Mm-hmm. And the way that Reverend Trask treated her, she's like, where is she? I want to know where she is. I need to know that she's safe. Mm-hmm. And, and Trask has taken her out to the woods, tied her to a tree. And this is the test to see if she actually is a witch. Right. If the tree is dead by morning Mm -hmm. then that proves that she's a witch but if she's still there by morning and the tree is fine then she's not a witch i i I don't know however you came up with that however you came up with it so he (laughs) he says his little prayer to to the almighty as he as he says and leaves victoria there for the night and but barnabas and nathan have already started looking for her right and they find her tied to the tree they untie her and take her away while well, Angelique had overheard what Trask had told the Countess about tying her to the tree, so Angelique goes out to the tree and sets it on fire mm-hmm. after Victoria already left. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at <laughs> right now. Yeah. So after
0: this one. After
1: this one, it's 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 all up. about Trask. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and. Victoria gets more involved and she gets more she gets deeper into this whole witchcraft thing and trying to prove her innocence and yeah nobody is hearing her and everyone draws their own conclusions about her but they're so very 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 wrong yeah so so friends that's where we are for today and I just want to leave you with that next week we will continue on the story this is a this is where things are they don't really stop just one thing you know like we said one thing right after the other so next week we will continue on with the story just As a personal reminder from us we are on youtube so please hop over and like and subscribe that does definitely help us but thank you so so much for joining us tonight we're
0: just so excited to be talking about this and again thank you all you followers we have surpassed 800 on facebook thank Thank you you so so much much.
1: we appreciate you definitely tell your friends everybody i know there's a lot of you out there (laughs) so we all just gotta stick together yes Yes, ma'am all right but so just let us know your thoughts your comments um our contact information has has not changed it's always the same until next week we will just keep it between us in the shadows good night everyone good night
0: she's a witch that angelique a man like me can't fight a witch but i've got to mr barnabas he's the only friend i've got she says she's doing everything because she loves him if only i could figure out some way i could help him without her knowing it, but she knows everything. You've been listening to
1: Between the Shadows, a Dark Shadows podcast. All original Dark Shadows music, video clips, images, and media are the sole property of Dan Curtis Productions and is only used to promote Dark Shadows and should not be distributed, copied, or reproduced.